1: So good morning and welcome to the Scottish Sun podcast with myself Robert Grieve and with me today Colin Duncan and Gareth Law. It's the Monday morning after the weekend before, with so much happening. Obviously with the Scottish Cup final, huge controversy after a dramatic game. Colin, what did you make of it all? Where do you start? <laughs> <laughs> it's just well, first of all the game. It was a fantastic game, wasn't it? Let's look at that because obviously
2: there was so much happened after the game, after the final whistle. But it was such a dramatic. Final wasn't it? Yeah, the game's almost a kind of been <laughs> passed as a sideshow, you know, and it's it's a shame because it was absolutely a, a thrilling game, mainly for the you know the, how bad the two teams defended over the ninety minutes, but that just added to the whole spectacle. Um, and I think I think it's hard to you could, couldn't disagree. I think Hibs were the you know worthy worthy winners in the, in the end, you know, you you couldn't deny them their, their moment in the sun. They go off to a dream start, Gareth, didn't
1: they? Were you surprised at that? Were you expecting better from Rangers at that stage in the game? I think I was expecting better from
3: Rangers, but maybe it shows that their inactivity was more important than, than Hibs. A number of games they had a pack in at the end of the season. Terrible defending at the start, and I think that, that put Rangers on the back foot right from the beginning. The fact they got back into it, I think we all thought sitting there that a 2-1 Rangers were going to go in and win it. Hibbs looked tired, they looked heavy-legged, and I thought they were going to win it. And then there was a change. I thought David Gray led from the front. Michael Stewart said that in his column today. So he led from the front, and in a sense, he uh, he typified the final few minutes when there was a dramatic turnaround, and, and he was uh, finally ended that 114-year away. you know,
1: having read my stuff column, I, I mentioned in it how Rangers, I thought, looked like a team that hadn't played for three weeks and that, and that, certainly in the early part of the game. Is that a big factor, do you think, and is that something which has to be looked at I
2: think in also years the years to come? I think the shape of that team, I mean, we saw it last year in Falkirk, and it didn't seem to hamper them. You know, they, they looked really fresh and lively and they had an even longer break than Rangers. I think it was more the shape of the Rangers team. Missing Don Ball seemed to upset yeah. them, you know. The Andy Halliday had to sit, you know, sitting in that holding midfield role. So that took away from you know what he can do further up the park. They just didn't have any shape, any rhythm and I think it was more down to the, to the personnel changes than the than the three-week break they had. But as as Gareth said, you know, when they they went 2-1 up, they they seemed, when they came out after the second half, they seemed to be a lot more cohesive. Uh, They seemed to get it going, they're passing, they were moving. Halliday was getting into, you know, the the final third and he was more effective, as we've seen with the second goal. And at that point, Hibs did look as if they were dead on the feet. But fair play, you know, they found a second win from somewhere. Within five minutes, the whole game changed and suddenly Rangers were the ones who looked heavy-legged. They looked dead on their feet and they just couldn't, they just couldn't get going. And Hibbs realised that you know the one way to beat them was just they, they changed the fact to just be more direct, get balls into the box, because Rangers just simply
3: can't deal with them. I thought Andy Halliday did get into the final third, as Colin said, and he scored. But the fact he was in the final third, I think, summed up what went wrong later on. I think his instincts, even in the deep line midfield role, had to go forward, where his dumb ball sits. Yeah. And that allows when the two full backs go forward. There's a bit of security there that they can... It, it,
1: they it can was obvious as well, wasn't it? You, you saw Anthony Stokes had the run of Hamden. He had the run of Hamden down that left channel because James De Verley was high up the park and, and Rob Keelan wouldn't cover. for But if Halliday was in... The, yeah, they needed 70. somebody to cover across, but at the same time, I thought they had to have centre-halves who saw the danger. And Rob Keelan right at the first two minutes, three minutes of the game, didn't see the danger. Didn't come across, didn't cover... And for me, that's one of the big feelings of this Rangers team right now. And for me, it's one of the feelings that we're going to have going into next season.
3: They need defensive players who sense danger, and right now they don't have them. It's, 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 it's ironic that Rob Keenan's best game of the year came at Hampden against Celtic. I think we all thought yeah, that Celtic would expose right. him that day, and he probably played his best game all, all season there. The Rob, the Rob Keenan on Saturday was the Rob Keenan. I think we've all grown used to watching this season.
1: Yeah. Anyway, it was Hibbs' day, Colin. They won the cup. Dramatic fashion right, right to the death Did you see that coming towards the end? I mean, you have to give them the enormous credit to, to come back again and actually nick it right to the death
2: I think from the minute Hibs equalised and made it 2-2 two, two, And equalised for the second time It looked as if there was only, only going to be winner. one winner yeah. Ra- Rangers just they were, they were just gone They just they didn't have a, have an answer Hibs just got a bit of momentum And I think they realised it I think the players also realised That this is here for the taking if we can get them pinned back into their own box, then we're going to get chances. Because, they, 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 as Gareth said, defensively they were all over the shop. Tavernier was, every time Stokes ran at him, he looked like a rabbit in the headlights. Kiernan's positional sense was absolutely diabolical. They just missed that calming influence of Don Ball. I think it, it highlights how good a player Don Ball yeah. is and what he brings to the team. You just saw when he was missing. and I, I think as, as the clock ticked down, you know there was almost a sense of inevitability about what was going to happen every time that ball went into the, the Rangers box and I <laughs> when they got the corner and I wasn't surprised when the Hibs scored the winner later on
3: Inevitability that normally is the reverse when Hibs were involved yeah. yeah. normally the goals are coming at the yeah. other end of at that, of that time Yeah Rangers Hibs Like Sunsport and Facebook for all the Scottish football latest
1: I mean unfortunately we need to sit here and we've deliberately spoken about the game first but here we are Monday morning and the topic of conversation over the pieces about what happened after the game such a huge shame, but the fans came over the top, calling, ruining it for so many others. What was going through your mind when you when you saw what was happening?
2: Just a flashback to the to the 1980s, you know. You old everybody's... enough? <laughs> yeah, just about. And I mean, the... it was disgraceful, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, there was people who came on that pitch simply through high spirits. Yes. You know, an exuberance is is the word that the Hibs uh, officials sure were putting out there. But there was a sizable number who just as soon as they came on that pitch made a beeline for the Rangers supporters. There was also a sizable number who made a beeline for Rangers players. I've seen a number of them being attacked, being spat on. So you can't put that down to exuberance. You know, the first thing, you know, as soon as the whistle's gone, I mean, they've charged like 100 yards up the pick. They're, at the, they're, at, they're behind the Rangers goals. Now, if you were only simply come on the pitch to celebrate and enjoy the moment, why do that? You know, And, and that's, Heb should have come out straight away and condemned the fans yeah. That, that did that and I think that's when of Hibs' biggest fail that they didn't do that and they just tried to put it down to exuberances. That did not portray them in a good light. This should, this should have been their greatest moment and it's it's all went sour and a lot of it is down to their own making because they could have diffused the situation much, much better straight after the final whistle.
1: Gareth, so. for me the scenes were shameful as Colin says Rangers player, players been punched been spat on it's absolutely appalling it clearly tarnishes this cup win for Hibs is that the biggest shame of all that those idiots, those morons who come onto the pitch Not the ones who celebrated, the yeah. ones who come onto the pitch and Conducted in criminal acts Let's not make any bones about it That's the real shame about
3: this Because the Hibs players, they don't even get to parade the trophy Around, around Hampden Park I think the fact that you're asking these questions about it now Instead of maybe talking about Alan Stubbs going for Jason Cummings Ahead of Keatings Playing three at the back no. I think that shows how much it's overshadowed you know, We all turned on the TV on Saturday night people weren't talking about the fact that Alan Stubbs had done such a great job. It was all scenes of shame, horses on the on the pitch. I did think, I mean, I agree with every, every single word that Colin said there, but on top of that, the reaction from the police, from the stewarding, yes, you can say they were caught in a but they should be ready for that. It was comic cuts at some well, point.
1: Well, the guys spoke after the game and they said how it was at the highest level of category game it should have been. It, it, it didn't seem no, like that. The no.
3: security was, was inept, wasn't it? I mean, you can almost... Again, some people have said that maybe they got caught unaware because it was such a late go. But these, these are stewards and management teams who are, who are used to dealing in. Well, we all know football isn't predictable either. So, uh, I mean, m- most of the police arrived 20 minutes too late. They then formed the line across the pitch again, which was too late. You then had these dribs and drabs of uh, further numbers of police arriving and standing behind them. It was all too bad. And, and as well as Hibs being examined, their fans being examined, for the, the huge part that they played in this I think the authorities will have a lot of answers to give on the way they reacted to it well, Rangers obviously released a statement as we have having the paper
1: this morning last night late on they're clearly very unhappy calling about the events and of what unfolded can you understand their anger and, and what's brought about this statement from
2: them? Well, I mean of course you can understand their anger I mean virtually every single player on the pitch is, is, has been assaulted you know their management team been attacked, you know the, the backroom staff, some of the physios and things have been spat on and th- I mean, you, you can understand their anger. I think that what's made them even more incensed is the response that they've had so far from from the police, from the SFA, from Hibs. Well, the
1: SFA in feelings did condemn them, didn't they? They did. Yeah. Did, the SFA, Stuart Regan, I thought was pretty quick in coming out and criticising the Hibs fans who did storm the pitch. Is that not fair enough?
2: Yeah, I mean that's 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 a fair point, but I think it's the. The police and the stewarding is what's really, really getting Rangers yeah. go because it's like so many things in this country were so reactive rather than being proactive. You know, police and stewards should have been prepared for the worst eventuality. Yeah. Of course, nobody seen that come. Nobody was expecting the scenes that, uh, of shame that unfolded at Hamden at the final whistle. But your job is to be prepared for that eventuality. And, and it clearly wasn't the case. There was so many stewards and police on that pitch who were simply out of their depth.
3: There's also the fact Hibs fans are completely to blame for all this, but Rangers Rangers fans contributed to what happened on Saturday Yes, they yesterday. Were-
0: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite.
4: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
3: ...acted, but anybody in their right mind would be staying in that stand looking down at those hips, fans letting them get on with their, their goading, but the, 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 there's, there's been reactions there, there's been Rangers fans going on the pitch, so I don't think they can be totally absolved of blame because they contributed to some of the scenes. Did you see say at the starting point will get I, yes, I agree with you, Caron, I, agree with you. I agree with you, but in, within Rangers' statement, they've also said that it's not a maybe there's a justification, but they've said that they were going on to protect their players. Yeah. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I think that, you leave that to the the right, the right people to, to, to deal with that I don't think they should have been going on the pitch to, to if, if that was why they were going on then that, that, I don't see that as justification for, for, for fans going on the pitch.
1: What, what about the ima- image of Scottish football you're a Welshman living in Scotland Gareth unfortunately <laughs> um, what, what kind of image does this portray Scottish football in because those pictures were going worldwide, people are looking at that game and looking at the scenes after the game and thinking that's what Scottish football lo- is all about, is that the biggest thing about this and, and is that Fair comment on
3: it? Yeah, I mean, a uh, bit like written in his column today, you know, contrasting the, the scene after the, the Cup Final down south, how players were able to enjoy it, go on a lap of honour, these kind of things. Hibbs players were denied the chance to, to do that with their, their kids and their family. As you say, those pictures are being broadcast around the world. It's the showpiece occasion in Scotland. Today we've got Brendan Rodgers joining Scottish football. So if you like, possibly the eyes were on Scotland even more. Over over the weekend, You've got the Old Firm games back next season. This is now going to drag on potentially for months, while there's a police investigation before we even get to the, the stage where the authorities will look as to how they can punish Hibbs. Leaves it in a in a bad light, and one which, as you say, I mean, st- standing there seeing it happen, it was like a return to the to the dark ages. I'm, I'm sure you'll agree when you when you're standing there and seeing those those fans running on. You just wonder where it's going to end up.
1: Well, I'm sure it's going to rumble on anyway for the next few days, if not weeks and months. To find out uh, uh, it's resolved
3: You can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at the slash sport Anyway there was a,
1: a lap of honour at Rugby <laughs> Park uh, on Saturday calling you a there uh, with your little boy I think just come on enjoying their playoff victory over Falkirk found that slightly uncomfortable just narrowly stayed in the division through the, the skin of their teeth and they were celebrating, I'm not too sure about that, but they deserved it, they were absolutely sensational weren't they against Falkirk in that second leg and
5: and fully deserved to stay in the league. Incredible atmosphere it is, Boyd feeds McGuinness on the right. McGuinness back in the Kilmarnock team, such an important player, attacking Luke Leahy. Good play by McGuinness, there's Kilty, it's the opening goal for Kilmarnock! An outstanding strike by Greg Kilty, it's great attacking play here by Josh McGuinness and the sharpest of finishes...
2: I mean, I mean, they were absolutely incredible yesterday. I mean, you wonder why a team who can produce a performance like that finishes at yeah. 11th, you know, in, in, in the first place. But, I mean, give credit to Lee Clark. He got his team selection spot on. He made a couple of changes from the first leg, which worked. Brought in the young boy, Greg Taylor. Greg
1: Taylor at left back. At uh,
2: left back, who I thought was exceptional. It's only
1: his second game, which says a lot for him.
2: It certainly does. Josh McKenna's came back into the team and he... He led from the front. He, he's one he's a guy you would want to have beside you in the trenches. Just, his, his attitude is exemplary and just that pace and enthusiasm he brought to the team in they were right at fall cut from the first whistle.
5: Quick throw taken there by McGuinness to Hudson. civil facing two players. This is Hudson with the cross. Breaks off Muirhead. There's Addison! 2-0 to Kilmarnock! Miles Addison is his first ever goal for Kilmarnock! And it could be crucial. It breaks off your head.
2: Falkirk didn't know what, what had hit them. Two goals up within 12 minutes. And, and I thought they totally bossed the game from there on in. Falkirk just looked as if the whole rigours of a demanding season had caught up with them. You know, they just couldn't... They couldn't mount any any response whatsoever. And the way Kilmarnock picked them off... the second half was really impressive with Obadi on one side and McGuinness on the other no no, it was a terrific performance for Kilmarnock.
5: Kilmarnock still looking for another goal this is Obadi taking on Muirhead very quick it's a great pullback there's Kilti number three for Kilmarnock and it's Greg Kilti again that's what it means to Lee Clark it's great wing play by Obadi Kilties eighth of the season
1: I must confess Gareth I felt slightly sorry for Falkirk Agree with Colin I think they've had a tremendous season I'm a big fan of Peter Houston I think he's done a, a fantastic job there this season But did you see that result coming? They get a great late win In the first leg But did you think they would be completely overran Overpowered in that
3: second leg? No, I mean I'd seen Seen Kamarnock a few times this season And I mean You took the words right out of my mouth I felt for Falkirk yesterday Because they've contributed so much to not just this season but last season getting to the cup final I think Peter Houston's had a great couple of years there so I didn't see I didn't see that coming I thought if you like there was a bit of, bit of fortune they've been getting the rubber rubber the green a lot this, this year Falkirk uh, with these late goals which which they will say they earned Is that fortune no, though Gareth? I'm mean, just going to say that they will say they've earned that I was out there at the pre-match press conference in the week there and they were talking about how they, they always believe they do this do this mental work this, uh, you do some this, mental work as well <laughs> really? You think so? so? So, yeah, So they do their mental work, and they will <laughs> say that, that that psychological work has paid off by believing they can go all the way. And so I did feel for them, but they couldn't have any complaints at full-time yesterday.
1: Obviously, Kilmarnock, Colin, staying in the division, I think it's, it's a huge result for them in terms of the club going forward, because I'm not sure how they would have coped in the Championship. I think there would have been huge changes there. Uh, so I'm not sure how they would have dealt with that.
5: Our break is on here for Kilmarnock. This is Josh McGuinness, a powerful runner. Boyd is up in support. Goes past McCracken. Boyd's in the middle on his own. There's Boyd. All oh, so easy. Superb play by Kilmarnock. Lee Clark appreciates that one too, because this surely settles the match for Kilmarnock. Boyd's finish. They're one of our bigger clubs we want, our bigger clubs in the top lane, don't they?
2: We? Well, most certainly. I think the financial implications if Kilmarnock had gone down would have been catastrophic for the club, for the whole town. You know, it was imperative that they, they stayed up for, for, for their future. So, I mean, that gives some, Lee Clark something to build on for, for next season. I think there'll be a few players leaving, obviously, and a few coming in. But, yeah, I mean, you need big clubs. And I think command had they gone down, I think it might have been a long, long time before we we, we clapped mm. eyes on them again. You know, look what happened to them think They've only had, you know, very, very similar big clubs, similar-sized town. As soon as... They had money, you know, a bit of financial trouble as well, so they just could not get back into the, the top flight. I think they've been in there once in the last 10 years, so it's, a, you know, it's hard to, to just put in it was just how big a result yeah. that was for, um, for Kilmarnock okay. in the town yesterday.
1: It'll be interesting to see how Lee Clark does next season. I think he's going to break, make some changes, and I think he has to. I think he has to revamp that squad.
3: Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sunsport on Twitter. <laughs>
1: it's a huge day for Celtic today, Gareth. Brendan Rodgers arrives. Four o'clock press conference. The new manager of Celtic. What do we expect from him? That for me it's a big appointment. Last week when it came out, the news emerged that he was taking over from Ronnie Dyler. It's a real statement of intent for me. Would you go along with that? What, what do you
3: expect from Brendan Rodgers? Yeah, I think I agree. It's a statement of intent. I think, and this is no disrespect to, 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 to the appointment, but I think it's the best they could have hoped for in terms of. You've seen the these other names like Roy Keane, Davy Moyes. I, th- I thought they were. I didn't really think they would be getting unveiled today. But would for you have thought Brendan
1: Rodgers as well? Did he not come into that
3: same category? <laughs> I don't think he's quite as marquee in terms of box office as those two names. I, do, I mean, he's, he's in terms of the trophies he's won. You know, I, I just I just thought he would he would be the best of of the rest, if you like. So that isn't taking anything away from the ap- appointment. I think it's a fantastic. Is Brendan Rodgers not
1: won as much as David Moyes.
3: Yes, but he's not been Roy Keane He's, he's not been in the, he's, he's not as box office a name as these two, I don't think. Looks to me like the Celtic fans are queuing up to buy tickets. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not taking anything away from the appointment. Seems like you are Colin, what do you <laughs> make of it? I
2: mean, yeah, he's not far far off being an A. lister you know. Celtic made it clear they're looking for a big name, when to replace Ronnie Dyler. They've got it in Brendan Rodgers. Also, think they're getting a manager who's got a point to prove. You know, he's still a bit of ill feeling the way he was treated at Liverpool. And, you know, after coming within a Steven Gerrard slip, winning the Premier Premier League down there. So he's he's, he's a hungry manager. You know, he, he's coming here and he has got a point to prove. He's not as if he's been there, done that. He's quite happy. He's ambitious. For anybody, any players, most of the players that you speak to who played under him, speak about very, very highly about how good a manager he is, how good man-manager he is, how meticulous, all those traits that Celtic need style of football he's going to change it up a little bit you know ronnie it's a rigid style that he, he, he stuck to and that was proved he's undoing and then i think rogers is going to be much more flexible also interesting the fact he's a big name also helps him attract bigger names to yeah. the club and that's what the celtic fans are looking they're looking for marquee signings or
1: well it's certainly be an interesting press conference today when we get to speak to brendan rogers and i'm sure as we said earlier on the coming days will be interesting as we look back on that Scottish Cup final. Thanks very much for listening to the Sunsport podcast today For myself, Robert Grieve, Colin Duncan and Gareth Law. <laughs>